This is Comms Officer Jim Minns on the podcast this week. What you can't do is run the place um, on casuals. We've seen that in all of the cultural institutions. Uh, we thought we were through that, and we certainly don't want to return to those bad old days. Efficiency dividends continue to smash New South Wales's cultural institutions, leading to millions in budget reductions for most of our favourite locations. Pre-entry to the Australian Museum may soon be history. Just months after cutting a ribbon at its reopening, the state government is set to cut its budget. Treasury figures indicate the landmark is set to lose $13 million, the art gallery down almost $9 million, the powerhouse and state library more than nine, the opera house less than three. A consistent trove of operating budget cuts to venues seems to go against the massive taxpayer investment that has just been spent on the buildings of New South Wales's most iconic institutions, yet that is exactly what is taking place. And it will have a significant impact not just on programming, but on jobs as members of the Public Service Association cop the brunt of the insecurity that the state government continue to put on them. So this week, I chat to Stuart Little, PSA General Secretary, about the myopic decisions of the Berejiklian government in this situation. Okay, Stuart, thanks for joining us today on the PSA podcast. Only a pleasure, Jim, as always. Uh, what's the issue that we're, that uh, these institutions, these iconic institutions are facing? What are, we, what are we seeing in the budget reports that are going to be handed out in June? Sure, Jim. Well, when the government does its budget, it usually does a budget for, you know, obviously, for that year, and then they put forward um, estimates, which they call the forward estimates for the following, you know, uh, three or four years going forward, usually the next three years after that year. And obviously they um, forecast uh, with their intention in terms of things like the efficiency dividend. And it's the efficiency dividend that's really caused so many problems for um, all of our frontline agencies. And, you know, the, the treasurer will come along and say, well, you know, I expect good management to find efficiencies of, um, you know, 1% and then it was 1.5%. The, the ridiculous nature of the New South Wales government's efficiency dividend, and this started up, uh, I think it was budget before last, but they said, well, we're going to have an annual efficiency dividend of 3% a year. Now, to put that into perspective, in OECD countries, that's usually signs of an austerity measure, that you have to bring in a you know huge reining in of you know, public services because, the, you know, you can't afford it and we just can't you know, afford to provide those services, so we're going to have to cut them. Because that's not the case here. We've had huge surpluses. Uh, we've had no end of, um, you know, really high, um, you know, dividends and, and really high um, tax revenue for a number of years, obviously, you know, up until the pandemic. Yeah, but not only that, I mean, like you're seeing massive developments in these. Each one of these institutions, Art Gallery New South Wales, the Australian Museum, the Powerhouse Museum, massive development application fundings. Well, like we've seen with private roads and, and toll roads and, and other um, public infrastructure that they then turn into private infrastructure because they're very happy to prop up their friends in big business. They're very happy to pick up and provide jobs in, in construction and, you know, as they call them, shovel-ready projects. But then, as we've seen now with the museum, um, you know, huge infrastructure, and it was shut for, I think, two years. 
um, while they put in major work. Same at the art gallery. Um, similarly at the powerhouse and the you know the muted move to Parramatta and the building of a new facility. Um, but then they want to cut the operational budget, and it's like, well, you, you can't you know put money into um, this infrastructure, but then you know somehow pretend it's going to run on the smell of an oily rag. You need feet on the ground. I mean. You know, when, when you know, mums and, and dads take their families into the museum, you know, they need people there to direct them, tell them where they're going, mm-hmm. provide a duty of care, you know, make sure that all of the, um, you know, the facilities are, are operational, are, are safe, make sure that people, uh, you know, particularly at the moment, um, you know, are COVID compliant, um, you know, and, you know, can I say, you know, during the pandemic, you, you saw a, a situation where... You know, our borders were, were effectively shut, both um, state borders and even international borders, obviously. You know, people turned to these cultural institutions as a real way of getting away from the pandemic, particularly, you know, with their kids, young families with kids. You know, where else better to go than to spend a day at the museum? Um, you know, relatively uh, inexpensive. Um, you know, you get the kids out, they can learn something. Um, you know, learn about the world around them you know, in a safe environment, modern. And, and, of course, that's as it should be. But, you know, it, it just seems astonishing then that we're not even through the pandemic and you've got, you know, the state government forecasting these savage cuts, you know, savage, savage cuts to these agencies because they think, oh, well, we'll get away with it. You know, if, you imagine if they turn around and said we're going to cut the budget to the cops or the fireys or the nurses... But, of course, they do it to the cultural institutions because they think, well, you know, people will wear it. But I, I don't think people will wear it. I think people are going to be very angry uh, when they show up to these places and, you know, you, you look inside and there's just this big, empty, um, you know, mausoleum. And mm. they think, well, what, why on earth did we build this for if we're not going to staff it and, um, you know, uh, house it with with great, you know, exhibitions. Exactly right. It's almost like a $100 million ribbon-cutting exercise with no further investment going forward. Yeah, and that's right. And as you've seen, um, you know, they're big on announcements and big on ribbon-cutting, but um, um, very small on follow-through. And then, you know, obviously they want to show up for the picture when they turn the sod or cut the ribbon. But when it comes to providing um, services and, you know, obviously from our point of view, public sector jobs... Um, there's no follow-through. And, you know, we need that. You need to have, in a, in a modern, um, thriving economy, um, particularly, you know, like, obviously Sydney, but then also in, in regional New South Wales, there has to be a commitment to those cultural institutions. Since becoming Arts Minister, Don Harwin has overseen record spending on capital works at the state's cultural institutions. But his critics warn it's the size of the operating budget that matters and determines the quality of the art, exhibitions and performances. They've been quick to try and put money into developing and, and expanding these um, you know, these institutions, but to then cut the staff uh, means that really you know, they're going to be empty mausoleums. You were quoted in the Herald article that accompanied this story that the union in particular is worried about the rise of temporary and casual workers and reliance that these institutions are relying upon in favour of permanent staff. Anything there that we need to be concerned about, that our members need to be concerned about? Yes, we do, and it's been a problem that we have been fighting um, for some time, in particular the last sort of eight or nine years, um, that we've had to go in there and fight... Uh, tooth and nail to have what are clearly permanent and ongoing jobs 
um, that have been casualised made permanent. And it's the old insecure work. Um, you know, you try and um, pretend that you don't need these jobs, that you just, oh, well, we'll throw the budget now and then we'll cut it later um, and we'll cut the jobs. But, you know, the reality is you need a critical mass to run any institution, but certainly these cultural institutions, you've got to have um, some feet on the ground, you know, just to open the doors, to let people in, to tell people where to go, to to clean and to provide security and everything else. You know, you you have to have that. You can't pretend that these are, um, you know, uh, casual jobs. They are, you know, they are permanent. Or seasonal or anything like that. That's right. I mean, Look, you know, there's always been some scope for, obviously, during holidays when you may have the odd, you know, some extra casuals. But what you can't do is run the place um, on casuals. We've seen that in all the cultural institutions. Uh, We thought we were through that, and we certainly don't want to return to those bad old days. This is a weekly podcast and you can subscribe to the PSA CPSU podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jim Minns. Thanks again and you'll hear from us next week.